Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. There really should be the sound of some motorbikes coming in tight to the Ramsey hairpin uh, for this particular guest of mine who's with me all this week. I'm delighted. We've got him back in front of a microphone for my tunes. Roy Moore, welcome. Yes, well, that, that <laughs> is the case, isn't it? It's long gone now. TT, I mean, the next one will be the Southern 100, and then we'll hopefully, I think there's been rumours going round that maybe maybe it'll be reinstated that Ramsey Hairpin and Glen Helen and the Grandstand will be on the agenda as normal for Manx Grand Prix 2022, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. We'll, we'll keep our powder dry on that. Roy, it's lovely to have you here. My goodness me, a war baby. You grew up with the sound of motorbikes rattling around your pushchair or your pram, and there's a connection, I do believe, going back with a relative of yours to the George Formby movie. Is that right? And the, the, uh, the going back to No Limit. Absolutely correct, and uh, I couldn't understand why when I got a little bit older, 47 we were born, and we did watch bikes going past, but we didn't know much about it. Born in Park Avenue, which is just down from the start-finish, and Hotchkiss Nursery, which was right outside and on the course, was about 200 yards from the start-finish, and uh, rolled out in me pram to, (laughs) to, to watch them going past. Didn't know much about it. But later on, when I was five, six, maybe, no kind of DVDs or anything to look at at home. Uh, If you wanted to see anything, you had to go to the Picture House, the Strand, the Royalty. And every year, TT and Grand Prix, No Limit was on. And it was a case of going, sitting there, and then he was, there he is, there's Uncle Jack. There he is, that's him going up the Balahutchin and all that. And then it was uh, revealed to me later, probably by Jeff, Jeff Cannell, my first cousin, that his dad, Jack Cannell, who was rode in the Manx Grand Prix in his early days or the early 30s, was recruited as a stunt rider. It was number 15 was the, the number ah. that was always imprinted on my brain. Yeah. Of the, It was the fact that they hired a Canadian stunt team to come over to do it and they didn't turn up. So they offered the job to the Peveril Motorcycle Club, Harold and Bertie Rowell, one or two other local riders, and Jack Cannell was amongst it. Wow. And we heard many stories. I mean, the pay was good. They got fed every day and they had to fall off here, there and everywhere. And the kind of riding sequences were done. Uh, he was number 15. And when it was kind of live, if you can call it that, when it was shown, he was the one who was on the bike. So, That's yeah, right. it was a, an introduction to motorcycling for sure. Now, as far as your riding's concerned, am I right? Were you more a trials man? Yeah, we didn't have the ability to, to go fast. We didn't have the money to buy anything to go fast on, really, to be fair. That was the main thing. So we had to go and buy something through the Conister Trust and f- fall off in the mud and here, there and everywhere. Never tried scrambles. It was only the trials we did, solos to start with. And then later we went into sidecar trials. The thing about it was you grew up with a terrific bunch of lads who would help you out and became very friendly in in later life and still are the people that we did sidecar trials about with. Some of them are still about and uh, superb, really. Great memories. It's a completely different discipline compared to 
going around a, a TT course or a short circuit. It's a completely different sport, really. Yeah, it, it's it's a form of motorcycling. I mean, it, it's not in. There's there's modern words on it now, isn't there? But they they've got all classes. But in the old days, you either did road racing, trials, or scrambles. Yeah. And we've reported many times on various things we've been involved in that it was the same bike. You would scramble it on one week, put different tyres on it and scramble it. Then you would uh, put different tyres on it and go out and do a trial the following week. And when the season came round, all the, the kind of local stars, your Doug Crennels, Eddie Crooks, Goo Owen, Derek Ennett, they would all then convert those bikes into race bikes and enter the Grand Prix. There's a lovely story about the Peveril Club organising a, uh, an event down at Andrus where they were instructed not to overtake one another, not to go round. Simple reason, they organised the race, and if you finished, you then got your qualification to ride in the Grand Prix. So everyone had to finish. They had to finish. <laughs> and just look, just look what it did for Derek Ennett, George Castain. Yeah. They went on to win. Alan Holmes, double winner, 57. Yeah. It's certainly interesting history. Yeah. Talk us into your first choice of music. It's a beautiful song, this. Well, we were, we didn't have much money. We weren't born with anything other than uh, hardship ahead of us. <laughs> and you had to work. I didn't have to work because I was only, what, six or seven. Me, me elder brother, 13 years difference between us. And he'd gone off and come back from his national service and no work about. So he'd been taken on by an electrician in Peel called John Christian. And he spent his summer at the uh, souvenir shop on Peel Promenade. And next door was the snack bar, which was a roaring trade. And they had a jukebox, and I can always remember going down and just listening to Dream Lover by Bobby Darren. It was a choice between that or Paul Anker, but we've gone for Bobby Darren, Dream Lover. Girl, 
My guest is a voice that is so familiar to listeners to Manx Radio and anyone dropping in from around the world. If you've ever had a TT, Manx Radio TT, back in the day on in your house, you know my guest very well. He is Roy Moore. Roy, thank you for doing this. Good to have you back, sir. Yeah, delighted to be here. Uh, yeah, a bit of a surprise, really. I thought I'd. Uh, well, the retirement was announced, and usually uh, you kind of sever the links. But uh, absolutely delighted to come back. We have kind of done it before. Oh, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the same token, uh, new new people, yeah. different. Uh, I mean, you're, you're just. We'll talk about the TT probably tomorrow. But uh, when you decided to step down, did you think that's it? I'm not coming back. Yeah, I did. I had made a decision on various uh, situations which were occurring, and uh, obviously one of them is I'm 75, <laughs> and it's been unfortunate in the past that uh, Manx Radio have had to recruit new people due to the demise of uh, established people that you'd have always associated yeah. with the TT, and those two people that spring to mind are Peter Neal and, and Jeff Cannell. And in an instance, their their experience and their contribution is taken away from us. Yeah. So I thought it's it's only right that you 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 kind of recruit people to come in so that you you're not faced with that again. Whether that's the case or not, with all the new moves that are on the agenda and the way things are going, remains to be seen. It might be an entirely different presentation, and it certainly was in 2022 off the TT and what yeah. people are thinking of how they want it to be marketed, I suppose, would be the, the term. Well, there's a big reaction to that, and we'll talk about the TT and Max Grand Prix a little bit more tomorrow. But I want to talk about potential golf pro, Roy Moore, All-Ireland <laughs> golf champion, I think a couple of times, if I'm trying to go through the books here and sort of, just the once, I'll go <laughs> on, I, was, I thought it was two or three. Yeah. But to you, you hit a tremendous golf ball back in the day. It was as you came about, and, and your life is centred around where you live, doesn't it? And we, 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 we did the fact that we lived in Park Avenue, TT. We then moved down to Prospect Terrace with, with its history around there and the boarding houses and all the activity. We then moved to Onken on the Clips course when it was active, 54 to 59, and we were on, on Avondale Road where the bikes went past your door. The next move was then down to Spring Valley, what's near Spring Valley, Douglas Golf Course. Yeah. And certainly uh, the, the attraction of the golf course was taken. I've got a funny feeling you're a bit like me. I lived near a golf course, and I used to nip over the fence in the evening and try and get me practice in without paying. I bet you did the same. <laughs> it was a, a common uh, common activity of pull rows or pulley boys to do that. Uh, they they got chased, but yeah, they, yeah. they only got chased kind of tentatively. It wasn't a thing, because if you were out there, you weren't doing any harm. If you were wanting to play golf, they would let you. 
if you yeah. wanted to go out and vandalise the place. No, 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 I'm talking about getting out to play some yeah, golf. Play. So that's how you got started. But you really, you got, I mean, you got blooming good. Yeah, it came not naturally, but we, we did all right. Again, lack of money. Clubs were not an option. It was all secondhand stuff. Uh, I'm always grateful to Charlie Turner. He, he, he saw me with my set of clubs and he saw that I had a p- bit of potential and he said, you'll never be any good with a set of clubs like that, son. I said, I can't afford a new set. He said, well, tell me one thing. He said, uh, if you come down to my shop every Friday night with 10 bob, he says, you can have whatever you want, but don't let me down. I didn't let him down. And with the ability that I then produced with proper equipment, uh, I hope I didn't let him down, but always eternal gratitude to Charlie Turner for getting me started. Which, which year was it then when you were the champ? 68. 68? Yeah. Cracking year. 68. Yeah, yeah it came as not a great surprise. I, I wasn't, yeah, I was playing well, but we were on the home home track of Douglas, so I had the local knowledge and beat a few potential people early on, qualified with the lowest ever gross score that had been when you think back in the history of the championship, which I've had the privilege of doing from start to finish in written form and, and learning all about it, uh, one four one was the qualifying score. Much better now, obviously. Did you ever play any competitions off-island? Again, it was financial. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even get away to, to play in the, uh, in the county champions tournament. It might seem strange when you say that now, but it was a fact of life. Uh, until probably mid-70s, late-80s. Yeah, probably you weren't on a, a kind of a decent wage. I, I, I didn't shirk work. I mean, I, I worked from the day I left school, picking strawberries at Callan and West, and then going on to work in a nursery at uh, Alexander Drive for Billy Long for nine, ten years. So it, it, it was tough going just to... You didn't have bank accounts. If you wanted anything, you bought it on the Conister Trust. <laughs> and there'll be a lot of people out there that'll say, I did that. Yeah, certainly will. Today's music. Well, it's another classic. Uh, talk us into it, Roy. When we went into motorcycling and, and went into sidecar trials, there was a pig farm out at Ellenbrook. Uh, there was a connection with Terry Kringle, so that will bring back a few memories. People will work it out. Jack Critchley's daughter, Terry Kringle, an item. It was a fellow called Dave Wade who ran it, and he was me sidecar passenger. And one winter he converted an MG magnet, he took it apart every bit bolt for bolt and redid it. And uh, every time I see or hear that silence is golden, it's coming up out through the, the arches from the promenade up onto Victoria Road and playing on the radio with the sun shining was Silence is Golden by the Tremolos. Silence is golden 
This week on my tunes it's such a joy and a great privilege to have roy moore with us back in the studios of manx radio and roy i want to talk about mountain memories your series which did i mean really really well out there on the social media so i took off like a rocket your mountain memories I believe so, yeah, and at the studio next door as we're recording this is the lady responsible, Christy Dehaven. It yeah. was an idea I'd put to Manx Radio, but it didn't seem to, to get going, and all of a sudden, I don't know, nostalgia was coming back. <laughs> and, and, it's not uh, what it was, though, nostalgia. Not, no, 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 it's, it's not, not what it was. Not, right. not the same, not the same <laughs> as what it was. And somebody said, well... We haven't, never haven't got anything from Peter Neal. We've got nothing from Jeff Cannell, only the odd race commentary but we didn't have their thoughts of how they'd gone through it so if anybody wants to kind of go through my life and career with manx radio and where we were and what we did and what we said well then the mountain memories is is uh, is a good outlet uh, 12 kind of condensed bits of film if you can call it that yeah. and different venues and different locations which meant something to me in the early days it was park avenue the grandstand getting taken over by Uncle Jack by the hand, uh, whether I wanted to or not, to watch bikes. And then it moved on to Quarter Bridge, where we do a little resume of how you could get under the bridge and watch on the approach. And then to Ballacrane, where we did our first commentary, uh, courtesy of Charlie Webster from Manx Radio. In the old days, uh, Ian Cannell was a terrific commentator at the bungalow, but he got tied up with the Manx Motorcycle Club and had to give up the commentary for the Grand Prix. And Manx Radio tried, would you believe, many, many people, George Ferguson, Alan Jollybody Jackson, yeah. Tom Kind, was, had to give it a go. And uh, certainly there was, there was a Dennis Crane and, and Adrian Earnshaw had to go up there, but didn't seem to be able to grasp the, the connection because it was tough going to get all the leaders through and then all the leaders out via a timekeeper. It's none of this computer technology that you've got now where it's in front of you, face to face. It was pretty tough going. And he uh, said, 
You've done the golf commentary. You said how about having a go at the at the bikes? And the rest, well, it's all there. Mountain Memories, you'll find it. Uh, go to Manx Radio, click on a few buttons, you'll find it. It's a great, great series. You mentioned timekeeping. My goodness me. I mean, even now, I think you, you need backup. But going back to when it was you and Pat, really, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Pat wor- O'Hanlon. Working flat out at Ramsey Hairpin for so many years. I mean, definitely a right-hand man for you as a commentator. Everybody, I think, had right-hand men, didn't they? Peter Neal, uh, just can't think of his name, but I can picture him there. <laughs> it was Norman uh, Norman that's up there now, but certainly they all had them. Um, Morris Maudsley, again, gifted with somebody who had a background, a local who was gone through the TT, and the O'Hanlon brothers had been at Manx Radio from day one in 64, I think, and uh, Pat O'Hanlon was fast approaching, well, it would have been one more chance for 50 years of being timekeeper. Wow. But when you see it, how it was done in the old days, Dave Phillips was with me up at the bungalow and Pat was at Ballacrain. But uh, certainly it was a, a work of art. Absolutely, I could not do it. Just not do it. And uh, they used to do it. And not only that, but they would give you little bits of paper and tell you, Hickman's on lap record pace or various other little things, a bit of history from... Yeah, because they've Stewart. also worked out the importance of those timings, what they mean, not just the raw stats, and that's where they come into their own, isn't it? Yeah. I got told very early in my career by a fellow called uh, Bill Jackson, and he was talking about the fact that uh, he said, I know people try it and that they've been useless. He, he was quite <laughs> blunt and honest. He said, because they think they've been put there to tell everybody what they know about the TT. He said, if I hear a bike in the background and I'm thinking whether it's Wah Bob, as he called him, he said, I want to know. So even if you don't do anything, don't go on to a big story. He said, we want to know what's happening in the race, who's first, who's second and third. But more importantly, every bike that goes through your commentary position. He said, they all sound the same. They all sound like TZs. He said, but as long as you say even the number, just say that over the air. And he said, I'm back at the pits and I can relax for another five minutes. Yeah, because that person has gone through and is on their way to the next point. Today's music, bit special this one, Roy. Yeah, we've uh, probably get a bit emotional about it, talking about it, but uh, Jeff Cannell has been mentioned, and it was a private funeral for Jeff. Uh, there would have been that many people there, and the situation came that Zoe had to pick a, a song, and we're all going to follow the sun sometimes with the Beatles, and this was what uh, was played at Jeff Cannell's little gathering up at the crematorium uh, in 2007. 24th of September he died, and uh, it was a few weeks later when he when he got uh, buried, and would you believe he's absolutely opposite the start line, and it was not by choice; it was by design. He knew there was a plot there. He'd booked it, and he's off to follow the sun back then, and we are now. One day you'll look to see I've gone. For tomorrow may rain, so I'll follow the sun. Someday you'll know I was the one. But tomorrow may rain, so 
follow the sun And now the time has come And so my love I must go And though I lose a friend In the end you will know Oh, one day you'll find That I have gone But tomorrow may rain So I'll follow the sun Tomorrow may rain So I'll follow the sun And now the time has come And so my love I must go And though I lose a friend In the end you will know Oh, one day you'll find That I have gone But tomorrow may I know what you're thinking. Why is Mark going into my tunes on a Friday? Well, you haven't been paying attention because on Tuesday we were all down at Timbald Hill uh, on our national day, so I wasn't on. So that's why my guest and I, Roy Moore and I, are here today. It'll all make sense. Roy, thank you. Number four, we've got a great piece of music. But before we get anywhere near that, what's going to happen with motor racing? I mean, we live in a world that is trying to become greener and greener and greener. And with the best will in, in the world, motorbikes that go fast with petrol in aren't very green. Is it, is it going to change? Well, basically, I suppose, when you think about the world and, and what its problems are at the moment, you only have to say, well, coming to the TT, you travel up to Liverpool, you get your, your belching out methods and stuff, yeah. doing that. You get on a boat to come to the Isle of Man, that belches out carbon dioxide or whatever it is. And generally, when you're on the Isle of Man, it's drenched in, in, in that. I always maintain on an island we're not so bad because it, it, uh, we get, get something, but we also get it blown away from us. But somebody else will get it. Somebody else And will. it's just yeah. a general kind of uh, thought and trail of thinking at the moment. I know neither of us uh, were involved in, in this year, but I was very surprised not to see any electric bikes because I thought when, when we were involved... That that was something, okay, it was a bit different, but maybe that was a route to the future, and this year, nothing. Nothing at all, and that they say for two years, I think. Yeah. I don't think there's anything for 2023 planned on the agenda. Certainly, there's an extra seven, uh, 650 race, but there's certainly not an electric uh, thing. It, it, it was not the most kind of exciting of racing. Uh, the cars seem to have developed into a... A system whereby they can you know, they can actually pass one another and <laughs> and they don't do anything uh, other than kind of not do it to comply with regulations yeah. I suppose but yeah. uh, certainly it, it hasn't taken off with the bikes and yeah, in any respect even at uh, Moto GP level. I think they'd have to put some big loud speakers on them to make them sound different. They're so, qu- they're so quiet. <laughs> they're so quiet. 
I mentioned Mountain Memories and the series. If you're interested in the life of my guest, Roy Moore, do take a look at it. There's so many wonderful things in there, and it's a, a lot of people have done it. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. Go and have a look at that. But while I've got you in the chair, take me through a couple of your really most vivid memories of your commentary days. Well, we've had a few kind of uh, slip-ups, if you can call it that. But well, we've, we, al- we've also been involved. I wasn't going to mention the Randy hairpin. Enough people have got that on their phones. Never mind me. Go yeah. I mean, the other one was John Crillon coming through with a seagull and is stuck in his fair. And I made the comment that was, proves how easy it is to pick up a bird in Ramsey and all that. That, was, that one went down well. I bet. But there has been some memorable moments. and uh, You know, obviously John McGuinness, 130 mile an hour and, and, and doing that and all that. But uh, there was always a thing that we, we weren't allowed at Ramsey Hairpin to do the bungalow commentary. It was the uh, agreed that it was the, the, the remit of the, the, the lead commentator to do it. But I'll never, ever forget my last two commentaries, 2018... Dean Harrison ahead at Ramsey Hairpin by three seconds from Peter Hickman. We were allowed to do the bungalow. And then it was a case then of waiting and describing everybody else as they went through and any snippets of information that we still had there. And then just looking at it, Pat would make sure that he transferred it over to the timing at the bungalow. And at the bungalow, Hickman had took the lead by 0.8 of a second. And I often think, I wonder what people were thinking as I was screaming like a lunatic down at Ramsey, but telling the world that there'd been a new leader and also that he was on a pace, as Pat had already pointed out, which could have been, well, could be, if he finished at the same pace, a new outright lap record of 135 miles per hour. And both were proven right. Hickman won set a new absolute lap record and uh, an absolute privilege to be involved in that. Golden. And then 2019, we had a local lad, Nathan Harrison, went too fast in pit lane. He'd won the junior, looked as though he was favourite for the senior. It set him back a little bit. He too was behind at Ramsey Hairpin and made that mountain climb and went through the bungalow leading by something of a second, point of a second, and he also went on to win. We we see Nathan quite a lot up here and down the road at Quayside. And, and honestly, that smile, that grin on his face from that, that he's done this, what you're doing now, he's done the My Tunes with me. I don't think he'll ever lose that grin from, from two two wins like that. That was unbelievable. I'm led to believe his father has got it his, his, on his phone as well, the, <laughs> the final lap. And uh, Certainly, uh, it would give you a bit of a boost, I would think. I certainly would. Roy, thank you for everything. Thank you for all those wonderful memories. Thank you for coming in today. Um, Last track, then. What's it going to be? Yeah, we had a bit of sadness. Well, severe sadness, really. The ultimate. Uh, We lost Bud Jackson, and he'd stayed with us for 30-odd years. And I was asked to do the, the eulogy at his funeral, and his wife had picked a, a tune that they loved between them. And every time I hear it, I think of him. Pompeii by Bastille. Yeah, we'll play that right now. Roy, thank you for coming in today. Yeah, thank you.
Thanks again to Roy Moore. What a voice. Absolutely wonderful to have him as my MyTunes guest this week. I'm Mark Tiley. Join me if you can every Monday to Friday, 9.30 in the morning for Mark Tiley in the Morning with Shaw, Isle of Man.